the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant and we're glad that you joined us today. And you are going to be glad you joined us because we're talking with Marcia Wall about how you can turn career uncertainty into a journey. And this might sound, um, you know, a little bit much when thousands of people have just been laid off, but all we have control over is how we respond to that. And Marcia is an ex- expert in helping people use resilience and creativity to move forward in their career. So she's a global certified career development facilitator, as well as has a background in writing and rhetoric. And Marcia, you just have such a creative approach. So I'm glad that you're here today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Yeah. So tell me a little bit. We're going to be talking about this word today called cottywomple. Am I saying that right? And what does this mean? Yeah, you are saying cottywomple correctly. And it's it's a word um, hasn't officially made it into any official English language dictionary yet. It's roughly about 10 to 15 years old, as far as I could tell when I was looking at it etymologically on the internet. And it's a slang word, and it means to travel in a purposeful manner towards a vague destination. That's so much fun. So when we think about our career or our job search, especially career decision-making, career transition, that's what sometimes it feels like, right? We don't really know where we're going next. And even if we've got a job in mind, the job search can feel that way. Tell me a little bit about how you've seen this come up in your job search and career development work. Well, that's a great question. I would say, first of all, that the idea of cottywampling could apply to many areas of our lives as our lives are journeys all the way around whether that's through traveling, study, relationships, but certainly as it relates to career. I actually heard about this word when a family friend randomly posted about it on Facebook, and I immediately took to it, realizing the implications that it could have um, when thinking about career journeys, career services, and that sort of thing. So I think what happens, especially if you look back 10, 20, 30, especially 40 years ago, When people were looking at their careers, they went to school or they went to a trade school and they had a job in mind. They're going to pursue that job. They're going to stick with that job and they're going to stay with that job for the rest of our lives. And of course, we know that now that's not the case, especially as technology develops rapidly and there's, you know, different market, um, market forces to bear on our careers that anything can happen. And the idea is that we have to be adaptable and resilient and be able to have the tools in order to move forward confidently. We may not have an idea what we want to do, but I don't think we can be overly attached to the outcome, rather to enjoy the process as we move forward. Yeah, that journey. And what I loved about the definition that you shared was that it was a purposeful journey towards an uncertain outcome. And that purposeful the, the steps that you're taking. And as you're saying, the, the journey is intentional, even though we might not know what the outcome looks like or the outcome we may think looks a certain way. And then it turns out not 
that's not even what we thought it was going to be, but it's better. <laughs> that has certainly been the case in my own career. I will say that you're right, that the idea that we need to be purposeful about what our what we're doing without necessarily being fixed on a certain destination. And I like it to having a personal North Star. That is knowing who you are, what your values are, what value you can offer to an employer or in the marketplace, what your skills are, what you hope to accomplish, what your vision and mission are. You know, I think we often these days call that our professional story, our personal narrative. And you have to be rooted in something, rooted in who you are, rooted in what you have to offer. And understand what impact you want to have and use that really as the fuel that drives the vehicle as you move forward in your career journey. And I think if we are able to focus on that, focus on that internal stuff, then we can have a better sense of what our purpose is. And then as we move forward, the destination becomes less and less important um, when it's more important just to be in the moment and, and be where we are. Right. And I like to call purpose a verb instead of a noun. So purpose is something that we do, not something that we look for. Um, you know, a, a purpose is that you you show up and you you do what you want to do. You do what you need to do to keep yourself moving forward and that you, you kind of show up with this is who I am. This is what I bring to the world. But oftentimes it's talked about as, you know, you go searching for purpose and I, I think that a lot of times it's um, perhaps a little bit of a myth that you're going to go find your purpose. Your purpose is really what you show up with every day, what you bring to the, the world and what you choose to bring to the, the world and everything that you do. And this goes along with your idea of that journey, that you're on that journey and what you bring on that journey or what you focus on in that journey, it, it brings that purpose around to you. So I love those ideas kind of all coming together. Yeah, and I would add that, uh, Marie, when we think of this word cottywomple, just to listen to it, doesn't it sound like fun, right? Mm -hmm. It's not something you have to do. It's not something that you have to put on your to-do list or your checklist and, you know, effort towards it. The I, I think the idea when I heard of the word, I thought about someone rambling along in a field or, you know, maybe walking um you know, a path to on a treasure hunt, that sort of thing, right? I think the idea of cottywampling, yes, you have this uh, purpose, but at the same time, there is an air of adventure about it. There's an air of fun. There, there's an air of just doing it, cottywampling for the sake of cottywampling, again, without being concerned about a destination, but enjoying the journey along the way. Right, with the idea being that we don't know the destination, even if we, and we do want to get clear career clarity, of course, and have some goals in terms of where we're going. But as you said earlier, getting overly focused on the destination, one can um, cause problems because it, it may not happen. And two, we may have something better come along. And what I find is that if we get too focused on a specific too specific of a goal, then when something comes along that's presenting an opportunity that fits, right, it's on the right path or on the right pattern, but we might say no because we're too focused. Um, and there's just a fine line there. I don't know if you find that as well in terms of goal setting and visioning versus leaving an opportunity for that. Yeah, I would opening. say that we kind of have to have both, right? We do need to have 
some understanding of the kinds of things that we enjoy, the kind of impact that we want to make, the industries that we feel comfortable in. And there's nothing wrong with going for a goal because that's what we do when we apply for jobs, right? We go for something very, very specific. But I think to your point, the idea of being open to what comes along is equally important. I know that you've seen this and other career professionals see this all the time, is that oftentimes people will look at a job description and see that they don't meet 100% of the qualifications. And so they simply don't apply and they select themselves out. And the difficulty with that is that they're not giving themselves the opportunity to even try, right? They're, they're, they're stopping on the journey before even someone tells them to stop. And I think what happens is that contributes to imposter syndrome and people feeling like they may not be able to, um, you know, do what they want to do in the world. When in fact, when they just go for it, great things can happen that they may have never imagined. I've, I've seen that happen with my clients all the time. And I'm guessing that most people have a story of saying yes to something that felt kind of like a stretch, or maybe they weren't quite sure how it fit, but it just felt like they, they needed to do it. And it turned out to be something great. And we get a little bit, I think, over-focused on saying no, saying no is important, setting boundaries is important. But the, the reason that we do that is so that we can say yes to the right things. And if you're overly focused on saying no, then you may feel stuck. And I talk to a lot of people in our business that feel like they're they're kind of playing small. They can't get out of the rut. They're just living paycheck to paycheck. And it's like, well, that when it may be time to figure out what to say yes to, because you've created the space, you've managed your time, whatever it might be, or maybe you haven't. And that's part of the reason that you're feeling that way. But if you don't take a chance, if you don't step out and do something different, then you will stay stuck in that rut. And that's I, a lot yeah, of this. I, yeah. I, I'm so sorry. I was just so taken by the fact of saying yes to things. And I think that is part of the idea of cottywampling is that because you're not going out with an agenda, right? Your mindset is not agenda focused, that you can say yes to a lot of other things and see where they take you. I liken it to taking a road trip. You may stop in one city and decide you don't like it and head out for another city and along the way find a landmark you didn't even know existed and have a lot of fun with it. I think this idea of cottywampling is super important, especially, um, as you mentioned, there's so many layoffs going around the country, and those are roadblocks and pitfalls that people didn't imagine, and so you can't simply go down with the pitfall, right? You have to explore other opportunities, be willing to say yes to something else. That happened, of course, um, when the pandemic hit, or there's personal hardships or tragedies, or even when surprise opportunities come along that we had never heard of. We need to have that open mind and uh, take stock of the serendipitous moments and random good fortune, random bad fortune, and keep on walking and see where we can go with that. Well, yeah, and that's so true. When a, when a layoff comes or something like that happens, it may seem like talking about Kadiwampal is uh, silly, but it actually might be the purpose, the, the perfect thing to say, okay, let's step back here, see what opportunities are, focus on the, the journey of where I want to go next. And it may seem like that's going to slow you down or be superfluous. But when I don't when I in my experience, it actually helps you move faster 
when you're thinking about that purposeful action versus getting overly focused on the goal, which in job search, you don't have control over anyways. Absolutely. And I I think you hit the nail on the head that we don't have control over it, right? There's very little in life that we actually do have control over. But what we can control is who we are, what we're about, what our purpose is, what kind of impact that we want to have on the world. And then just control a positive mindset, have a resilient mindset, and use that as sort of the constant in the world. And through our constant, then we can adapt and be resilient to anything that comes our way. That doesn't mean that, you know, cottywampling doesn't mean that everything on the journey is going to be fabulous and wonderful and rainbow and unicorns. But it does mean that you have the adventurous mindset and a willingness to try new things that will allow you to move forward. Uh, If you're proactive, you're taking a risk. And I don't know anyone who's gained anything without taking a risk. Right. And it can be hard when you're laid off to to be able to take that risk, but let's find little ways to take risks that you can incorporate into your search so that you can make that move forward. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, talk a little bit about happenstance theory and how that relates to Cotawampling and explore this further with Marcia. So thank you. And we will be back in just a few minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Connect with us and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello, and welcome back to The Career Confidant. We are talking with Marcia Wall today about cottywampling 
and how it applies to career transition and job search. So Marcia, we've been talking a little bit about this purposeful action towards an uncertain goal and how that might apply to careers. And then one of the other topics that career development professionals talk a lot about is happenstance theory. Tell us a little bit about what happenstance theory is and how that relates to what we've been talking about here. Thank you. Uh, happenstance theory was formulated by John Crumboltz, and his theory offers insight on how we deal with uh, the limited degree of control we have over some career experiences. You mentioned that in the previous segment about, you know, what can we control and probably all we control is what what is within our locus of control. At the core of happenstance theory is the fact that unpredictable social factors, chance events, environmental factors, um, they're important influences on people's lives. And when we think about social factors, we might think about social movements, chance events, could be something like Hurricane Ida, a fire, a flood. Environmental factors might have to do with what's happening in the labor market, right? These are things that we can't control. And so it's really the role of a coach and the role of individuals um, to approach chance conditions and events with a positive attitude. And it's not just a positive attitude, right? But there's some specific things we can do. One is to have a curiosity to explore about different learning opportunities. And I think being curious is in a way naturally being positive because there's no judgment attached to curiosity. Curiosity is just wanting to learn for the sake of learning new knowledge. So I think that's one way in which happenstance theory relates to this idea of cottywampling. The other is to be persistent to deal with obstacles. And that is core um, to happenstance theory. If people are able to have grit and to move forward and to look at obstacles as opportunities and learning experiences rather than dead ends, they're going to be more successful as they move through their careers. And I, I think I would pause here, Marie, and just say that this idea of cottywampling is not just about how do you land your next role? How do you get a job? This concept applies to ongoing career management over one's lifetime. And that with this uh, willingness to try and to be curious and, and to be an ongoing learner, that no matter what happens, you're going to be able to move forward um, until you want to be done working or, or never done working. Just just depends on how it is. Um, I would also say that happenstance theory discusses the idea of being flexible to address a variety of circumstances and events and being optimistic and going with that idea of risk taking, right? Happenstance theory is all about uh, fluidity, about movement, about chance and whatever happens. Yeah, and really being open to that, but also creating opportunities for yourself by taking action. I know happenstance, it's, a, it's that combination of movement and luck is not the right word, but of movement and happenstance, right? That you're moving and when you're moving, things can happen and, and for you and, and to you. How does that relate to the idea of chaos theory, which is another one that I've heard and I was just talking about <laughs> chaos earlier today on Clubhouse. <laughs> Well, chaos theory was started by Jim Bright and Robert Breyer, and it's the idea of successfully um, moving forward with uncertainty 
And I don't know if that's not Kari Wampling. I, I don't know what is. Certainly, uh, chaos theory, one of the pillars is having an open mind and a curiosity for new opportunities. And this is a big one, which you mentioned about happenstance theory, which is about being proactive, right? In both of these theories, um, the idea is that things are going to happen anyway, and how do you react to them? You know, there's uh, an old saying, and I don't remember exactly how it goes, but you can't control what happens to you. You can only control how you react to it. And I think that is at the core of these two theories, as well as the idea of cottywampling, in that you can't just sit back and wait for good things to happen. Things are going to happen around you all of the time. And the question is, do you take advantage of random opportunities when they come up? You know, are you the kind of person that's going to be talking to people all the time? Are you going to be interacting and seeing where things lead for the sake of, uh, you know, where they go? I think that's important, right? Taking advantage of change. And the other thing that's really core to chaos theory is the idea of self-reliance. And I will give a caveat to that, right? None of us succeeds on our own. We always succeed in life uh, with the help of other people as well as with our own grit, so to speak. Um, you do need to have a, a deep well of grit and resilience, drive, motivation, and take responsibility for your career and moving forward with it. That doesn't mean that you can't get help, right? Everyone needs a coach. Everyone needs a mentor. Everyone needs um, you know, people in their lives that they can rely upon, that they can feel supported by. But at the same time, we cannot be dependent on other people in order to move our career forward. And as I know you know, that that has been especially true over the last few decades, right? Maybe back in the 50s and even 60s, there was this expectation that your employer would take care of your career advancement and help you to move up. And as we know now, that's just not the case, that each individual has to be responsible for their own career advancement. And so even as we seek support from other people, join groups, listen to podcasts like this, and commune with other people in community, we still have to be self-reliant and take responsibility for the process. Yeah, I was just on Clubhouse earlier, as I was saying, and the someone asked about employers doing more to pay for people's um, upskilling. And the answer from our club was, you know, negotiate for that, try for that. Don't wait for them to do it, right? There are so many ways today to get free. Of course, nothing's free. It's taking your time out of your day to do that. There are so many ways to get just amazing professional development today. Jean was talking about Grow with Google and their opportunities because she works in the tech space, but in any space right now, there are so many opportunities to upskill for free or cheap. And I would not sit around and wait for your company to do that. Yes, ask for it, negotiate for it, see what you can get, but you figure out those gaps and go and get what you need in terms of experience or, uh, or training to fill it to get where you wanna go. Because as you said, Marcia, we just can't, things are moving too fast to wait around for a company. And if you know what your goals are and you know what the gaps are, um, you know, go for it, find the time, make the time. That's one of those risks. You know, people often say, oh, Marie, I can't take a risk. And one of the risks you could, that almost anybody could take 
is taking that online course, carve out time after your kids go to bed or your, you know, whatever it might be, you're caring for aging parents and everybody's got responsibilities outside of work as well. If you really want to go for it, find the time. And that's, that's your little risk, right? Is to make the time to do something different. Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, later on, I'm going to talk about, you know, what are the it's great to talk about theories. It's great to talk about concepts, but oftentimes what people are looking for is what can I actually do practically? What are the steps that I can take? If, you know, what does Cotty Wampling uh, look like in terms of actual real life steps? And I think upskilling is a huge one for that. And you're right. It's part of risk-taking. And I'm glad you said, you know, you were talking about taking an online class or, you know, uh, about risk-taking, about investment, let's face it, not everyone has the funds to take the courses that they want to take, right? And I think asking for your employer, asking your professional organization to provide some of that training is great. But at the same time, I'm a big proponent of saying, look at what your local library has to offer, Uh, not only in terms of books on the shelf, but many libraries across the country are offering upskilling courses online free of charge. And so when people talk about um, what their limitations are, I always ask them to take a look at maybe things they haven't thought of to see where they can remove some of those limitations. Right. Yeah. And so many free things. So let's go there. What are some of the other practical steps that people can take along this journey or to integrate Wumple into their job search or career change? Well, I think that's a great question. And the good news is it's doing the stuff that uh, we already know what we need to be doing for our own career advancement. And so the first, as I said before, is know yourself. Who are you? What is your story? What is your value? Uh, what are your skills, both transferable and technical? What are your accomplishments, right? Can you come up with those stories that are going to be be able to reveal what sort of problems you know how to solve, how you can collaborate with people, what sort of results can you deliver, and also what impact do you want to have on the world? So no matter, for example, no matter what my job title is, I want to help people to transform their lives. That's the impact I want to have in the world. I did that as a bilingual kindergarten teacher. I did that as a college instructor, and I did that as a photographer, actually, as well, and now in career coaching. So when we get clear on who we are and what we want, that is the first thing. And the question becomes, that sounds great. How do I do that? Do I just sit there and journal all day? Do I have a Zen moment in my yoga class? Sure, if those things work for you, that's great. But there's um, practical things you can do, too. Perhaps taking some assessments with a coach or doing that work for yourself online, like a strengths finder or a disc, for example. I think some other things that you can do are to think about your greatest accomplishments over the course of your career and being able to outline those in what some people call the star format. What's the situation at hand? What was the task you had to do? What are the actions that you took? What were the results of those actions? And um, and then I always go a step further and say, what value do those results bring to a potential employer? So working on those, uh, getting those stories together, I think is really key because as you're moving forward, you want to be able to talk to other people, whether that's network partners or potential employers, you know, about what you can offer. 
So the first thing to do is to know yourself. But I would also say that you have to have a growth mindset that allows you to reflect, change, and evolve in an organic and healthy way. Um, you know, fundamentally, we may be who we're always going to be, but that doesn't mean that we don't grow and prosper and flourish and find out new things about ourselves. So start with yourself, but don't be so rigid that you don't give yourself an opportunity to change as well. That's where you begin. I love it. So thank you so much for coming in and sharing about the, the Cotty Wumple journey and giving people a little bit of a different approach and different mindset around how they can walk through their career change, their job search. Tell people how they can connect with you. Where's the best place for them to connect and follow your, your content? Well, thank you. I would say the best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn and just look for Marcia Wall, M-A-R-C-I-A-W-A-L-L. And I have a newsletter there called Joyful Journeys, which uh, maybe now I'll start caught at, calling it the Cotty Wample newsletter. I don't know. Um, but that's the best way for people to find me. I think a last thing I would say is knowing yourself is the first step. But at the same time, you have to be willing, like you said, to upskill and network and keep your resume, LinkedIn profile, and other marketing do uh, documents up to date at all times, right? Being prepared is part of this Cotty Waffle process. Mm, love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Marcia. We are going to take a short break here on the Career Confidant. I will be back in just a few minutes. We'll say goodbye to Marcia again. Thank you. And we'll be back here on the Career Confidant in just a few minutes. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel.
tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we were talking with Marcia Wall about how you can go on a cottywomple, which is a purposeful journey to an uncertain outcome, uncertain destination, and how that idea could apply to our careers right now. And I know that if you are just laid off or you know someone who's just been laid off, this might feel like a bunch of fluffy junk. (laughs) And a lot of that is because of where our, our mindset goes and it's true, right? It, it sucks to get laid off. It makes a dent in the road that perhaps we weren't expecting or even if we were expecting, we might've been thinking it would happen later, that we'd have more time, that things would be different, that we would have uh, more opportunity when we were laid off. And there there's this loss and some people won't experience it that way but many will. And one of the biggest challenges I find, especially in the US, and I don't know if this is the same in, in other locations, love to hear if it's different. But when we have that, that job loss, most of the time we have pressure to immediately move on look for a new job, find something different. There's financial pressure, there's societal pressure, there's just, you know, even if your finances are fine, there's this pressure to do something different, get started right away. And that is not typical of loss. When we lose something else major in our life, no one says that. If you got divorced, no one comes to you tomorrow and says, when are you gonna get married again? Or I'd like to set you up on a date, that would be outrageous. But that's what we do with job search, that the moment you are laid off, whether it's real or perceived, there is pressure to immediately start searching for something new. And that may be the reality that we do need to start searching right away. We don't have much of a financial cushion and job search takes a bit of time. So how can you, if this is a situation you're in or someone that you know is in, how can you carve out some time to grieve? to recognize that loss, to process the loss. A few ideas, I used to teach a class called From Laid Off to Living back in 2008, 2009, when this was a you know a bigger deal than hopefully it will become now, although it's feeling that same way. That processing the loss is so important. You may not have gotten a chance to say goodbye Maybe you still have that opportunity if you're connected with people outside of work, which today more than in 2008 people are. You're connected on LinkedIn or um, if you're at Meta, you're probably connected on Facebook. Take the time to say goodbye, to acknowledge with each other, whatever that looks like for you and your team or, or the people that you knew, but also the people who stayed, right? Take those. Take the time to either one, say goodbye, and maybe you'll have that opportunity, write them a note or get on a call. Or if you're not able to do that, to do it on your own, maybe write a note you'll never get to send. It's that act of processing the loss. 
take the opportunity to do that, whether it's just for yourself and you're not able to or don't want to share it, or if you have the opportunity and interest to say goodbye to those people that you're no longer having on a team. It may seem silly, but it's part of the emotional recognition of this happened, I'm moving, you know, I'm, I'm moving through it. I'm recognizing that this hurts. I'm recognizing that it hurts to lose that community or have that community shifted significantly from my work. And then there may be other things that you want to do to process the loss for yourself, to recognize that this, this hurts, this sucks. How do you want to do that with yourself, with your family, with a counselor, where you can take that time and really process it? Now, if you do financially, realistically need to start job searching, these two things can be done at the same time. You can start your job search. You can start clarifying, you know, your internal bits in terms of who you are and what you want to be and how you want to communicate your story while you're doing this work of, of saying goodbye, communicating with your team, recognizing that letting go that you need to do from what was that won't be again, right? When you do that, what happens is you're able to move forward faster. It's kind of that slow down to speed up idea. Um, one analogy that I just heard of that recently for, from Shirzad Sharmin, who I'm taking some positive intelligence training from, he was talking about the analogy of the race car. Um, many of us probably don't watch car racing, but you know enough to know that the cars take a pit stop, right? They have to change their tires. And if they don't, they can't finish the race. They will, they'll blow out, they'll wreck, it just won't happen. Treat yourself the same way. What can you do to take a pit stop, to slow down and enjoy the processing, maybe not enjoy, that's not the right word, but to give yourself time and space to process, to say goodbye, and then you'll be able to move faster because you won't have that burden, that, that baggage, if you will, that you're carrying around of that emotional loss that you haven't processed. In 2009, 2010, I helped a lot of individuals who'd been laid off. And a few of them, it was palpable in the room, working in person, which we don't do very much anymore. When they would walk in and you could just tell there was a chip on their shoulder. One gentleman in particular, I remember, um, he still talked about the organization like he worked there and it was the job that he had lost before this last job that he had lost. So he'd been laid off like five years before I met him from Hewlett Packard and then he'd been at a different business for about four years and had just gotten laid off again. And he still talked like he worked, worked at HP. He still said we and us when he told his stories there. And you could tell that he had never grieved that layoff four years before. And it, it was awkward in, in a mock interview setting. This was in a group course. It wasn't like we were sitting down one-on-one -on -one, um, even, and you could tell, you could feel it. If you don't take the time to, to process the loss, you risk carrying that baggage around and making it difficult for yourself to move on and move forward and move into you know, what, what could be in your career. It may feel strange, but hopefully it feels like we've shifted a little bit 
even here in the U.S., that it's more expected that people will take some time to to collect their thoughts. I love that's what we call it, right? Because no one wants to say grieve. So we're going to collect our thoughts around this transition and making space for that. If you know someone who's been laid off, you might help them make that space for that. You know, I'd love to hear about your team. I'd love to hear about what you're going to miss so that they can have that time and space to process what's been going on and how they can move forward, which is, of course, what we all want to do. We want to move forward and we want to skip that step. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. Um, but if we can, for the people that we know in our lives or for ourselves, give us that space, you will actually move forward faster. So that would be my number one tip that maybe not a lot of people are talking about. But when you are laid off, find the time, find a practice, find a, a tangible way to process that grief and that loss of what was. And it may not be the job. Maybe you didn't care about the job. Maybe it's the team. Maybe it is the job. Maybe it's what you were going to do. Maybe it was the idea of advancement that now is gone. Whatever it was that feels like that loss for you, how can you move through that and find a way through writing. Writing is very powerful. Uh, maybe through audio, if you're an audio person, you could you know, just record yourself. You don't even have to go back and listen to it later. Just that idea of processing whatever it is about that experience that you'll miss and the negative, the feelings. Um, we don't want to spend too much time there because the idea of catharsis has actually been a little bit disproven that hanging out in the negative and hitting something when we feel mad doesn't actually create a positive outcome for, for most people brain neuro neurologically. Uh, but you do want to give yourself some time to, to process that because we can't just, you know, snap our finger and shift into a positive mindset around it. You're going to if you take some time to process it, you'll actually be able to shift into that positive mindset faster. So send me a message. I'd love to, you know, send me an email, maria at careerthoughtleaders.com. Let me know how you're processing that for yourself. Um, if you're a career services provider, let me know how you're processing that with your clients. I'd love to hear how you're helping people process that layoff before we move into the next phase, which is that job search process. So I'm gonna take a short break. And when we come back, we'll walk through the steps of the job search process so that you can have a structure to move faster in your job search. If you are working with people or you've just been laid off and you want to land a job, of course, how can you do that the fastest way possible? Having a structure. And I will give that to you when we come back here on The Career Confidant. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. 
You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Are you a business owner, 1099 contractor, part-time employee, or volunteer who needs group health coverage you can actually afford? Do you know a nonprofit who would benefit from unlimited zero-cost funding? How about cost reduction, school safety, mental health wellness, and more? All these and more are fair game on finding certainty. If you want more certainty in your own life, you are not alone. Join us each Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Find your own brand of certainty and realize your personal American dream with Finding Certainty, hosted by Patrick Lang. Let's unwrap the certainty experience together. Defeat the Chaos with Corey Harris and Julie Traxler hits on topics every week that affect small business owners across this country. They provide insights that show entrepreneurs how to reduce stress, wear fewer hats, and work shorter hours. Take your business from being owner-dependent and stagnant to growth-ready and process-driven every Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You are tuned in to the Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to Marie at strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello, and welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking about happenstance and taking action and not necessarily knowing where we're going, but we're going to take purposeful action anyways as we move along our Kadewampal, which is a purposeful journey towards an uncertain outcome. And we know how that resonates when we're talking about job search and career exploration. So we are going to be moving into talking a little bit more about job search. We know there's a lot of people out there job seeking. And um, so as we think about job search, there's been a little bit of a confusion in the marketplace about this term, the hidden job market. And if you're in our sphere, you know that we teach a class called the Certified Hidden Job Market Course. And that course had its origins coming out of a presentation by Jerry Crispin, who's a researcher and HR talent acquisition person that started the awards for uh, candidate experience the candidies, I don't know exactly how to say that, but they are an award for companies that are dedicated to providing an, ex, an excellent candidate experience. 
And he gave a presentation to a conference that I ran in 2015, looking at how much more likely you are to get an interview and therefore the job if you are a referral. So if someone refers you into the job, there's a lot of data. I'll be sharing it in my LinkedIn newsletter later this week or early next week around how much more likely you are to get the job if you are referred in, meaning that someone else in the company or who knows someone in the company brings your name up and, and sends in maybe official referral or an informal referral. This term, the hidden job market, has been, um, you know, it's interesting. There's a group of recruiters online really attacking this term. And they say, you know, it's from the 70s when lots of jobs weren't posted and they were hired word of mouth. Well, I wasn't born then. <laughs> So that is not ever what I have meant by the hidden job market, although I know there are a lot of career services providers that talk about how 80% of positions aren't posted. I am in the corner of people who are trying to educate them to keep to, to stop saying that because it is not the case. Um, that actually comes from data that I think was from a Harvard Business Review article on weak ties in the 90s that looked at how people were hired. So it was never about positions being posted. It was about how people were hired. And if you kind of calculated the data, you could see that 80% of people will, were hired or said they found their job because of, guess what, a referral. So that job may be posted, but you're going to get that job because you were referred in. So job seekers look at that data and they say, okay, Marie, that's great. You wanna be a referral. You have a better chance of getting the job if you're referred in. How do I manage to be that referral? And so when we created the Certified Hidden Job Market course, the whole purpose behind it was how do you help people put together a proactive job search strategy that they would be the one that is known, liked, and trusted already to get referred in before a position is posted, hopefully. And we know it's gonna be posted publicly, right? We're not arguing that. We're saying, regardless of how it's posted, we want our clients to be that person that someone already knows. And how do you do that? So I'm gonna walk you through our job search process here today. And as I said, we'll be talking about this a little bit more as we go into our next certified hidden job market course for coaches starts on December 1st with Kimberly Spate, who is a former recruiter, as well as myself in the teaching, the coaching and structure piece of it. So we need to have some kind of vision and clarity of our job target. This is the number one reason that people fail to take proactive job search steps. They don't have that idea of where are they going. Now we were just talking about happenstance and, and not having a clear goal. So you may say with that, what are you talking about? The idea here is that you have the types of roles that you'd like to work at and the types of industries. And you are gonna to put together some target companies, but we're not getting so specific that I could only work at this company. We're getting specific enough that people can help us along the way because we've got a general idea of this is what I'm looking for. These are the types of roles, two or three, no more. And these are the industries that I'm interested. Again, two or three is gonna be helpful. Then, so that's the vision and job clarity. Then you're getting into putting together your target list. I recommend people have around 20 to 30 target companies. Some people will say fewer, that's fine, but you don't want so few that again, you're too focused and can't open up to other opportunities or people feel like you're too narrow and they're afraid. 
to suggest other opportunities for you. And you don't want it to be too big. I've got some colleagues that recommend 50. That'd probably be the top end of what I'd say, because then you could spend your whole time researching and really procrastinating while you're doing your company research. A list that fits for you will have enough that you feel like you've got enough opportunities to research, but not so many that it feels overwhelming. Never take a, a company off of your list because you're going to be researching them, finding out more. And you may move a company to the bottom, saying this is what I'm not interested in anymore because of X, but you still want it to be there so you don't have to circle around and do duplicate work. Maybe that's just me. I forget what I talked about five minutes ago, right? Then after you have that, your focus, what you want to aim for, what are your roles that you want to focus on? What are your strengths? Who are your target companies? Then you build your resume. That is not the first step. Why? Because your resume can't be built in a vacuum or it can, but then it's going to be ineffective. So we want to know who is your goal or who is your target audience and what about yourself are you going to focus on? Otherwise, that resume is going to fall flat. That messaging is not just your resume, but it's your LinkedIn profile. It's what you want to say yourself about yourself in a networking meeting. All of that messaging comes along after you've got that focus. Then how do you connect the dots? How do you get from where you are to where you want to be? Who's going to help you move along that path? How can you connect with those companies? And I put out a graphic uh, around this, all the different ways that you can connect with your target companies. You can volunteer in places where they volunteer. You can do cold calls and try to connect with people directly. You can um, be in social media groups where they are and get conversations going. There's so many different things that you can do once you have that list of target companies to start connecting and becoming part of that community. And by the way, this is the, the next step. We call it gassing up with your power circle, right? You're gonna power up with that power circle who already knows, likes, and trusts you and see if they have an opportunity to introduce you to anyone that works at your target companies or to anyone that might work at a similar company. Why? Because this is how you access those weaker ties. We see all this research around weak ties. And yes, you can reach out cold to people and get them to make an introduction. That's fine. But your strongest path to a weak tie is to get an introduction from someone you are have a strong tie with. The problem comes with identifying those connections and asking for the introductions and how can you do that? How can you make that easy for the people that already know, like, and trust you? And then consistent effort, right? Executing that plan so that you're moving forward consistently, taking a step, taking that action, because happenstance can't happen if you're standing still. How can you get out there and make those connections and build those relationships so that people can help you along the way? If you have any questions or other topics you'd like us to cover, please reach out to Marie, Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. And we'll be right back here again next week with another guest on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.